Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr. Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we continue our adventures through Animation April, where we are looking at animated feature films. And we're watching the film that you at home chose for us to watch. You chose 1978's The Lord of the Rings by Ralph Bakshi. Actually by J.R.R. Tolkien, but Bakshi directed this one. Uh, And we are very excited to be watching this, um, what I'm informed, is a very strange film. Uh, Joining me as always, we have someone who's seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Patrick Downs. Hey! How are you, Patrick? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good, you know. It's it's nice. It's a rainy Sunday afternoon. It is, yeah. There's a Lord of the Rings film about to be on the TV. What what could possibly go wrong? I mean, what possibly could go, yeah. (laughs) You have seen the original trilogy. Uh, sorry, by the original trilogy, I mean the trilogy that was made 20 years after yes, this. Yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah, the, yes, yeah, yeah. The you, Peter Jackson the, ones. Yeah, I've, the one. I've seen them. Yep. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and go, are, you're a, maybe a bit of a fan of Lord of the Rings? Oh, not really. No? I mean, I, I enjoy them. I enjoy the films. Yeah. I particularly went back and watched them all a year or so ago and were like, yeah, these are great. These are great movies. But I've never read the books. I don't know much about the expanded world. Mm. I realise people can't see me doing hand gestures that are yeah. kind of... But they could hear it. Yeah, they, they can hear yeah, my hand they, gestures. They can hear... Yeah, oh, I don't know much yeah. about, like, the, I don't know, the expanded universe. Yeah. The, like, I don't know I don't know any of that stuff. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I... Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, mm. but I I like it. And admire yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I've played a couple of the video games. Mm. And we know from many years ago, you're not a fan of Bomber <laughs> from, from the Hobbit film. Oh, he better not be in this. <laughs> be Spoiler fuming. alert. Oh, no. It's actually Bomber's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> the Bomber of the Rings. Oh, yeah. I think we can already guess my uh, opinion on this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's actually a character called Tom Bomber, <laughs> uh, But Yeah, so yeah. no, um, I mean, I, I enjoy the, the, the Jackson movies well enough. Mm. Yeah. But that's probably about the scope of my you know experience with them okay what do you know about this film um i mean i know it's animated mm-hmm. i know it's I, I i seem to remember somewhere along the way it doesn't because it's only like two hours long or something isn't it yeah i know it ends early right so i'm not yeah. spoilers or not but like i feel like i've heard that somewhere that the ending is wrong yeah, the the, the like, ending is maybe not where it should be. I, I haven't yeah. actually seen this film the whole way through. I've yeah. only ever seen snippets. I'm guessing it's going to be weird. I'm I'm guessing being a Lord of the Rings film, there's probably not going to be quite as many animated, like, animal boobs as Bakshi likes to put in his movies, but... Oh, you know, I never know. Oh, I mean, I'm, fingers crossed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for a Fritz the Cat yeah. cameo, personally, at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we do have someone who has seen the film. Uh, and when we say has seen Lord of the Rings, there can only be one name, and that is Dr. Sarah Curtis. Hey, Stephen. How are you, Dr. Sarah? Yeah, I'm getting there. Wonderful. Um, the Lord of the Rings, 1978. Yep. Without spoiling anything, in, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what's this film about? Um, I'd say that it's about memeability. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Gondor has no pants. Gondor needs no pants. Okay. Um, you know, it's, I've only watched this film once. Oh, wow. I know. Um, and spoiler alert, at the time, I hated it. Okay. Uh, I was actually really bored. It was a very long time ago. Um, so I haven't watched it since I've been meaning to rewatch it to be like, okay, let's give it another chance. Mm. But, you know, Patrick's right. It just kind of stops. Uh, and, you know, they did do a follow-up with The Return of the King as an animated film, which I also have not watched. 
Um, you know, I've got all the animated films. I've got The Hobbit as well, uh, which I also have not watched. So I'm a very bad Lord of the Rings nerd. I know. There goes mm. my cred. My street cred in the Lord of the Rings fandom oh, has just ooh, dived. Really Sorry, Dan Buckle. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to like reevaluating it. It's mm. um, it's a very odd film. Like the, the way that they did the animation is quite interesting mm. uh, at times. The music is something. Mm-hmm. which I'm sure I'll go into when we actually talk about it, when I've had a chance to re-listen to it and be like, this is why I hate it. Mm. Uh, so this is going to be fun. And we're reuniting the team who did The Hobbits. So yeah, yeah. yeah. excited yeah. about that. Yeah, we, look, we've still got two more of those Hobbit films to, to watch. For some reason, we haven't gone back to them yet. I don't look, know. I think, I think we should, all three of us should just keep watching them mm. um, and just to watch Patrick's face as yeah. it just continues to descend. Yeah, this, that this, face. This, this face. That's the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And listeners at home will, can hear the face descending, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll work something Just out. Just the horror. Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch The Lord of the Rings? Sounds fun. Let's go. Okay. For those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to not watch the extended edition because this is 1978's The Lord of the Rings. The cut version. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Lord of the Rings, the 1978 one, which is why uh, the voice is slightly trepidatious. Uh, because, yes, we have just finished watching it. I'm joined by Dr. Sarah Curtis. Hello. And Patrick Downs. <laughs> hey, Patrick. Yeah. What did you think of that film? Oh, man. That, as you said afterwards, that was the by legal definition a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, it, it begins, it concludes. Well, it ends. It doesn't conclude, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's on a DVD, and yeah, there were roughly 24 frames a second yep, for yep. a period of about two hours. Mm, yep. Mm, yep. No, it was, a, it was a long two hours. It was well. a very long two hours. Um, yeah, man. Wow. That was. Um, like, we were, we were sort of discussing it through the throughout the film, like, that. I've seen the movies, you know, a couple of times, but not enough to know where big chunks are missing and what should be where and all that stuff. Mm. But, God, you can just tell that so much stuff has just been... It's not been adapted, it's just been cut. Mm. You know, we're just jumping all over the place and, you know, someone who is not super familiar, like, you know, not doesn't know it inside out, is like, mm. wait, where are we now? Hang on, that shouldn't... This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. I don't remember this bit. Yeah, this, should, yeah. this should be here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. Um... Yeah, so I mean, aside from that, which I'm sure we'll get into, but man, it just, it looks insane. Yeah. Like that's something, at least in the first sort of hour or so, we could enjoy the, just, just a batshit animation. Yeah, it's, it it is bizarre. Um, And it's bizarre in ways that are sometimes good and sometimes not good. Yeah. But engaging for, I I would say the first half of the film, it it is pretty engaging. yeah, yeah. And then you sort of get used to That's it. See, once the novelty wears off, yeah. then you, it's just oh man, God, it's so boring. Um, Sarah, this was your first time watching it in quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it revisiting? Uh, I realised that I had deleted like ninety eight percent of it from my brain. It was like mm. I was watching it for the first time. Mm. It was certainly something. Mm. 
it's not great, is it? Uh, yeah, or... I, I, I regret watching it again. Yep. <laughs> um, it was... It felt like it lied to me a bunch of times. Mm. Like every time I was like, oh, we're getting up to this bit. That's exciting to see that on film. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it it did make me go, wow, the the team that made the, the Peter Jackson films did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Because um, the, the, the story of the Lord of the Rings, um, particularly, you know, the, the, the Fellowship and the Two Towers, which are apparently what we were focusing on. Uh, it's the important film. stuff, really. Yeah. Um, the way it was told here did make me go, okay, those Peter Jackson films are quite long, but they have to be. Mm-hmm. And they have to focus on yeah. the right areas to build that story. And, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen Tom Bombadil in, in the live-action version. I get why they made the decision to not include him. Uh, and he's not even in this film either. But there was so I wouldn't m- have been surprised if he did turn up though. Like yeah. they they made some odd choices of what to keep and what to cut. Like yeah. let's ignore this important plot point, mm. but let's keep this song yeah. that has nothing to do with what happens. Or reference something in a conversation that hasn't actually been mentioned in the film. So many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the elves. We haven't discussed elves at all. Why are you suddenly bringing up the elves? Like we all know what you're talking about. Which we do because we're familiar with those films and with the books but yeah i think if you were trying to watch this and i think you made this point patrick if you if this was your first exposure to lord of the rings yeah. you would have no clue what was going on yeah you would it's so hard mm. to follow uh, amazingly this was peter jackson's first exposure to lord of the rings wow. and, and somehow he still went back yeah, somehow he he turned it into what he did yeah which is remarkable. Uh, it was It nice. was like, maybe was it just out of spite? <laughs> <laughs> like, was it like, I can't, we can't let this stand. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> it was quite nice. Like the, the bits where like he like obviously set up his shot to be exactly mm. like, like this film, like obviously the proud feet yeah. section he took straight from this film. Mm. Um, the hobbits hiding from the ring wraith, like that was taken straight from this as well, as mm. well as from a painting. And, like, there was a shot of Brie, and I was like, ooh, that looks familiar. Mm. So, you know, he was, like, you know, paying yeah. homage a few times. And, like, th- this film is quite important in terms of the Lord of the Rings uh, adaptation um, history, because this was the first screen adaptation um, of of the books, as I understand it. And also the fact they turned it into a two-hour feature-length film, which, at, at, in 1978, there weren't feature-length films that were as long as this, that were animated. I think the only thing that had ever been released that was as long or longer was Fantasia. Yeah, right. So, like, it's a huge undertaking for an animated film at that time. Yeah. uh, Considering that it's all, or predominantly hand-drawn. Obviously, they're using the the rotoscope um, technology to differing levels of of effectiveness. I thought... The yeah the, the the sort of the, the weird combination of, of more traditional animation and rotoscoping and mm. all that kind of stuff it was it was interesting and it's like yes I can appreciate the attempt to blend styles to have kind of an effect but it felt so it didn't I mean it oh, it didn't look good it didn't yeah. look very good it was I can, jarring I can appreciate yeah. that, that there was a lot of technical know how and and and, and work went into it but it didn't look good well that style's never gelled for me like even as a kid watching films yeah. like Space Jam. I was always mm. like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to see the cartoon character interact with the normal human person. Uh, like, I've always yeah. hated that. So to see it this 
in this See, way I, where it's rotoscoped, yeah. it was just even weirder. That's it. It's even weirder because I feel like when you've got like when you've got Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny next to each other, it's like, well, okay, well, I can see that he's a human. Mm. He's like, you know, a flesh and blood human and he's a cartoon character. Whereas these ones were kind of... Melding. Was sort of blended together, but then there were legit cartoon characters mm. with these sort of half cartoon, half people, and it then was just really drawings up. that were just still. Yeah, just, oh, so much, so much, just like matte paintings. Yeah, just, yeah. And it, it got more prevalent as the film went on. Yeah. Those those still images. Yeah, uh, probably because they were running out of time yeah. and money. Let's, let's yeah. be fair. Well, and I, I suspect all the battle scenes were done for that reason. Were done that way for that reason. Like mm. I didn't remember there being any or very few fights. That were done sort of with the traditional animation style. Like yeah. they all seem to be people in like, mm. you know, community theatre like outfits. swords and outfits. Yeah. yeah, which gently hitting each other with swords. Which for that opening sequence um, of explaining the, that was the all right. That, yes. that was actually yeah. pretty good. Almost as like a shadow play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked that quite a bit. Shadow but then the rest entry, of it was yeah. not good. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that flamboyant elf. In the opening bit. Oh, yes. Yeah, when they the were doing the like, all the elves, like nine rings. for men, seven for dwarves, and yeah. three for elves, and one was just going like, yeah, look at my ring. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be Galadriel. <laughs> Could have been. Uh, but yeah, it was... It, it, it's so difficult, I think, coming to this film with... I mean, particularly for myself and, I, and for yourself as well, Sarah, as people who have watched the Peter Jackson films a lot. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Stephen. You watch it every year for Christmas or when you're putting up your Christmas decorations. Yeah, I do. I, I was saying before we started recording this, um, I've had a very busy week and I was like, I just I just need to see some battles. And so I just watched the the Battle of Minas Tirith and the of Pelennor Fields just to just to relax this week. Where I was like, I just need to see some Gondorians getting killed. That's that's what I need. So like, it, it, it's quite difficult, I think, because for a lot of people who are approaching this film now, they'll almost certainly have been exposed to other Lord of the Rings media, which, frankly, is better for having been produced later on. Like, before the Jackson films, the Lord of the Rings books were always treated as being unfilmable, or people were like, you're not going to be able to create this effectively. Um, In much the same way that people speak about Dune, um, which arguably has only had its first really good screen adaptation, um... In the, in the last times. two years, yeah. Um, I, I know there's the TV series that people like. I haven't seen it. I can't speak to that. But, you know, there are these texts which are quite difficult to adapt. And I think it's... I, I want to be more forgiving of this film than I currently feel about it because I it really was quite boring in the mm-hmm. second half. I think that's it. It's, it's You can be forgiving and you can understand. Mm. I think particularly if you look sort of saying, like, particularly from a technical perspective, like, mm. yeah... The, they were trying to do something edgy and cutting, you know, sort of on the forefront. And they, it was 1970, what was it, 78? 78, this yeah, came so out. like, what, 77, 76 when they were filming it. So, mm. yeah, technology was what it was then. And you can you can accept all that and be understanding of all that. But just the fundamentals are bad. Yeah, mm. if they had a good script. Yeah. Like, that stuff wouldn't be as bad. And, like, they could make, they knew how to make movies in the 70s. I know you don't think so, Sarah. But like, <laughs> I they, don't like the seventies. Yeah, but like they knew what to do by then. I know animation's different, but like, just the the beats and the and the editing mm. and, the, and the shot composition, it was just bizarre Some and really bad. weird angles. Like yeah. when you get to make those choices because you're like literally drawing and painting yeah. them. Like, think mm. about what it looks like. Well, I also think because because some of those. Um, rotoscope shots were filmed and drawn over so you have to make those choices when you're capturing those images in camera and i think maybe it's the translation of 
screen language for live action things that maybe doesn't translate to angles of animation there was that shot where we saw like the underneath of Gollum's throat which was very disturbing Um, and I get what they were going for and it would have maybe looked better if they were three live action people maybe still not as we said that that angle's reserved for other types of movies yeah for for very adult films perhaps yeah 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 for Uh, maybe short clips you see just like the Boromir crop shot we had yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. There, there, there were lots of shots where it's like I think if you were choosing with a blank canvas to draw something, that's not how you'd present it. No, no. And it, it it's such a shame because I think there are things to like about this. Um, I think John Hurt is actually I was pretty good. Say, I good. Think, yeah. Overall, I think the voice acting is pretty good. Yeah, John Hurt, I think, is the standout. Yeah. As He's definitely standout. But yeah. I'd say there wasn't, wasn't any real bad performances. No. I think. Yeah, there were ones I disagreed with. But they committed to what they yeah, were doing. Yeah, that's it. They, 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 nothing stood out to me as bad, as yeah. a bad actor. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of the pronunciation was... Minus Tirith. Oh, <laughs> so bad. But that's such an Americanization as well. Yeah, right. Was it Grimer Wormtongue as Grimer. well? Grimer. Yeah. That, yeah. That, but but it, they said Grimer. Yeah, yeah Grimer was... Wormtongue. Araman. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, Araman was uh, famously because they thought Saruman and Sauron sounded too similar. And Araman and Aragorn don't sound like exactly the same. Yeah, I don't think they really thought that through. Let's, yeah. let's be fair. Um, but, I mean, one of the great joys of this film was uh, because they were capturing the performances was all the hand movement. Oh my God, so many, so many hand movements, particularly Gandalf. Yeah. Gandalf's hand movements were incredible. His little, like, flick... Yeah, flicking evil like, energy at, at yeah. Sam at one point, just like just goes to, he goes to walk off and he turns back like. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually become like a proper meme. Yeah, it's right. Great. I can see why. Yeah. It's so weird. He just like goes to leave and then. <laughs> yeah, and and these are things that I think animators certainly at the time, yeah. uh, and maybe maybe it's not as much the case now, but I think animators at the time probably wouldn't have the um, the freedom to put in those little idiosyncratic movements because Mm. the production of animation was so much more complex and time consuming and resource heavy than it is today with with digital animation so those little movements which are captured in camera i think it's lovely that they're there and you know just things like when Sam had a little freak out. Oh, no, it was Bilbo, sorry, when Frodo tried to give him back the ring and he went, whoa, and just his waved hands his hands. Started wailing yeah, in front just, of his just, face. And... Like, yeah. you, would, you would never animate it in that style if no. there wasn't a performance to no. draw it on top of. And so I think whilst it was discordant, I don't necessarily think it was a wrong choice creatively. I just don't think it was implemented. No, I think that's it. I think if they had more, I mean, again, I'm assuming it's a, it's a budget thing, I'm assuming mm. it's a time thing, maybe just a tech thing. But if the whole film was like that, I feel like that wouldn't fix it. Mm. But it would be more... It should be more cohesive. Yeah. Visually, it would be easier to watch. Mm. But it's interesting because that's the thing. Like now, as you say, with digital animation, like performance capture technology is pretty prevalent. Mm. You know, where you are getting the actor and the little... As well as the vocal delivery, they're actually getting how they're moving but that was because of the lord of the rings you know because what Andy circus was doing and you know Mm. the way that they reinvented in motion capture almost by completely changing the way they did that technology from Mm. you know that when they cast andy circus 
he was supposed to be just a voice actor. Yeah. And then as they started doing things, they were like, let's let's mm. change this technology. Let's see Ooh. what we can do. Yeah. And it became what it is now. And at the time, you had lots of different groups approaching the same problem because uh, 99 was Jar Jar Phantom Menace yeah. and Jar Jar Binks, which was like another approach of let's have this character created through digital animation. Ooh, yeah. And Jar Jar Binks, whatever you think of the character, was quite a... Re- revolutionary figure yeah it doesn't, it doesn't look terrible in the context of the film yeah he kind of fits yeah and yeah. then obviously the approach that they took with with andy circus as Gollum um was was the big game changer i think mm-hmm. because of the the nuanced performance that it captured well, they also those two teams did spend a lot of time talking to each other about mm. it because the weather digital people went to um you know skywalker sound and like sort mm. of was industrial light and magic and all of that and they went and hung out together and said mm. okay this is what we're doing what are you doing let's let's that's swap cool notes yeah. Yeah. Mm. and then it, it just really stands out how good Gollum was in that film compared to the Gollum that we had in this film who was just <laughs> a bit, bit camp a, a bit like a, a kind of Slightly confused camp old man. Yeah. Just, just ooh, uh, like that kind of thing. He was... Ooh, precious. My yeah. precious, my love. And again, I think it's just because Andy Circus came along and went, no, this is Gollum. Yeah. And we've all gone, yeah. yes, it and is. And no one can do it. Yeah. Apart from him now. Like, yeah. he's ruined it for everyone else. He really has, but but in such a good way has he ruined it for yeah. everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, I, I suppose it, it is a little difficult trying to divorce our current understanding of, of Lord of the Rings. Because, you know, since then we've had things like the the excellent um, Shadow of Mordor games, which, yeah, yeah. Um, again, built on the imagery of the Jackson films and then stuff like the Rings of Power show, mm. which is further built on this is what Middle-earth looks like in our screen adaptations. And it's nothing like what this film is. Mm. And so it, I, I feel a little bit sorry for the film almost in some respects not that sorry because it wasn't very good but i do feel a yeah. little bit sorry because it's forever judged on things like you know mm. the the jackson trilogy rings of power all of that let's yeah. ignore the hobbit because that doesn't exist but but even the hob the three hobbit films are much more watchable than oh this. yeah i i watch them they're like my comfort films where i'm like i want something mm-hmm. dumb i want something fun i'm gonna put mm. my brain aside yeah let's do it yeah did anybody frustrate you as much as Bomber in this film? No, actually, um, okay. I will give the movie that. <laughs> um, no one had quite as punchable face as Bomber, but that's probably because it was difficult to make out people's faces in the movie. It was, yeah. <laughs> so. Actually, here's an interesting comparison. So obviously this is a film that was like you know, two-ish hours long that was an adaptation. Then in 2008, there was the musical um, mm. which started in Toronto and then moved to the West End. It started at like three and a half, four hours. It got cut down to two and a half hours. It's actually coming back this year mm. uh, in the UK. And I kind of want to fly over to watch it because it's immersive theater as well. Mm. Um, but what they had to do to um, to adapt it was basically merge Rohan and Gondor together. Oh, okay. Um, and like skip a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. So I, I've not actually seen it, but from what I understand, like Eowyn... And Boromir, a brother and sister, or something like that. So, like, they had to make some really weird changes. Hopefully, they've like updated the script so mm. that that is not an issue now. Um, yeah, it was it was quite long, but also one of the most beautiful shows like ever put on stage. It was the most expensive show at the time. It cost like you know billions of dollars. Mm. Um, but also like the staging and the the makeup and the costumes. You're like, oh, I see where this money is going. It's worth it. It might mm. not have a 
very good plot because they've like destroyed the plot but the music is beautiful and like the images mm. are beautiful like so they made their choices mm. and they stuck with them and that's an adaptation which having not seen it um but, but it does sound like it is an adaptation which is it's made big changes but it's made them to suit the medium that it's in yeah I, and I don't know that the changes that were made for this film did that. But also, they're kind of the first people doing it. Yeah. And it's hard to know what is what audiences are going to find important and likable and what they're not. And I also think they're a little bit unlucky in this comes out the year after Star Wars. Whoa. Which, that original Star Wars film is an excellent blueprint for fantasy adventures. Yep. And because the story is simple to follow but with opportunities for depth as we have seen with the almost 50 years worth of star wars content which has followed from that one film um and all of it's great so wonderful <laughs> we all love it so much yes um uh, patreon.com forward slash ccc podcast <laughs> for uh, a 10 minute mandalorian podcast that we recorded before this accidentally as a warm-up uh, but yes uh, it, but obviously with with the lord of the rings it's it's a solid text like making those adaptations that go too far from the text are going to annoy people mm. um the, the books themselves had only been out for less than 25 years at this point as well so the books are still newish almost. yeah well also when you consider i think by then there'd been one radio adaptation by that point mm. uh and then in america um the first the books were first uh pirated mm. um i think it was ace books and then it was valentine that had the actual authorized editions so Tolkien didn't see any of the money at first mm. so it was like this real underground thing where people were literally like swapping the books with their drug deals right uh, they were getting high that's where all the Frodo live stuff sort of you know started to happen it was because mm. you know it was an underground thing that was being pirated and in the end they had to actually go no we are going to sell this properly to American audiences so they had it for less time right yeah it's, it's just interesting because Again, because of the time of when we were born, like Lord of the Rings feels like it's already a classic, a set text, Ooh. essentially. Whereas, you know, Tolkien was not that long passed away when this film came out. He passed away 73, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, so only five years previously. And, and he would have hated yeah. it. Yeah. So, like, he's very famous for his hatred of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm. Um have to say it that way yes um but like just he hated the way that they portrayed dwarves and you know the pluralization of dwarves and mm. just you know that that animation style mm. so it's really funny that the first adaptation of his text like does all the things that he like despised and does them worse because <laughs> yeah like snow white and the seven dwarfs uh say what you will um is like f like a really good example of like the height of animation artistry for that time period because yeah, yeah. that film is old like like yeah. we, we reviewed it a few years ago and it a lot of the visual language and the way it's put together still really holds up it's aged less poorly than this film which is 40 Ooh. years younger than it mm. which is just remarkable um even if it did get dwarfs wrong <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so maybe a good thing that uh jrr was not around to, yeah. to well i mean this the one. dwarf dwarf <laughs> in this was nearly as tall as yeah. Everyone else. Yeah. He was not a dwarf. He was not a dwarf. He was just, he was just some a, dude just with a, a beard and a nose. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels as though they went, ah, oh, the hobbits are the short ones. Oh, but what about dwarf? There's no middle ground. There's tall people and the short but people. But like, Wormtongue was hobbit-sized. Mm. Yeah, that's true. 
so like were they trying to go for the anti-semitic dwarven sort of stereotype because no. i don't think they were making grimer out so grimer out to be a dwarf though no i was thinking more gimli oh by just having him have a beard and be uh, just like no, let's do beard mm. and nose instead of you know mm. height see, i never didn't know big guy you we barely see him i feel like he has like so, two lines yeah yeah legolas has more lines than this than yeah. I, I was expecting legolas looked so weird yeah he did he did look really he has weird a different though. style to the others yeah yeah i don't know what was going on with whoever drew whoever designed legolas but it feels as though it was a decision made to go, this guy's an elf, and that's different from... Yeah, Kieran. but the other elves didn't look so weirdly know, Glad- discordant. Galadriel was pretty weird. Okay, Galadriel she was d- a weird look, Amazon. Yeah, but she still kind of looked like she fit the same art style. Yeah, okay. Whereas I felt like Legolas was, I don't know, what was... That was like a kid decided to draw an elf. Like, mm. he looked weird, man. Maybe it was just me, I don't he know. He looked but. weird. And speaking of Star Wars, Anthony Daniels voicing uh, Legolas. That's yeah. right, he did, didn't yeah. he? His, yeah. his only non-C-3PO voice work, I believe. <laughs> um, which, you know, fair enough. Um, yeah, he got to play C-3PO and Legolas. That's not bad. Yeah, got a good thing, good thing going. Yeah. Would you like some trivia about The Lord of the Rings? Please. Hit us up. Okay, all of this trivia comes from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Um, Tim Burton worked as an animator on this film. Uh, it was his first job on a movie. Wow. Oh. Mm. He's not See credited, but he did work as an in-between artist. Okay. So cool. somewhere in there, anywhere there was a little black and white spiral, I presume, <laughs> was was a young Tim Burton getting his getting his start in the movies. Oh. Your fault, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I'd say I'd say it's worth Tim Burton's good films to have this one. No, you are right. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Everyone's got to start somewhere. <laughs> mm. Uh, so, yes, this film was filmed with uh, live actors in black and white uh, and then rotoscoped with each animation cell drawn over um, a film frame of an actor, making it the first entirely rotoscoped animated feature. So there was rotoscoping happening for every character with the exception of Treebeard. I think every yeah, every right. character had a rotoscope model. <laughs> yeah, right. That and, would make sense. Yeah. yeah, and Treebeard really stood out looking like a Looney Tunes tree he character. Really, yeah, he looked... Yeah. He did not. Why did they even bother with Treebeard? Like, he was there for one scene, and then he just kidnapped the hobbits, and I guess they lived happily ever after. Mm. I'm thinking maybe they thought they were going to get to do more with him. Look, just do fellowship. Didn't happen. Just just do fellowship. Uh, The director, Ralph Bakshi, had originally planned to use music by Led Zeppelin for this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but was unable to get the rights. Led Zeppelin band members were known to be fans of the books, with several of their songs, including Misty Mountain Hop, Over the Hills and Far Away, The Battle of Evermore, and Ramble On, referencing imagery and characters from Tolkien's books. Yeah, they really like the Silmarillion. Mm. The soundtrack for this film is not great. and <laughs> Let's talk about the music. Let's go on then. Let's, let's so, mention it. Okay, so one of my filmic things is I think a film or a TV show, is make, you make or break it by the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, by you know whatever choices you make in the music that can uplift something to make it the most amazing thing ever or if you change that soundtrack that same film can be quite dreadful Mm. Um, and I think you can see this here I don't think a great soundtrack would have saved this film but Mm. it would have made it a bit more emotional it would have like had some sort of connection like if you think again Lord of the Rings music you know, all of the music for the films, for Rings of Power, is just amazing. Mm. Like, you can have that on in the background and just chill to it or whatever. Like, it's beautiful, it's emotive, it's got leitmotifs galore. 
Like, you know mm. where you are based in the music. Um, you don't have to see, you know, you can be like napping on the couch and go, oh, I guess we're in Rohan now mm. because of what's happening with the score. Like, it's very important to get right. Mm. So it really stands out when they get it wrong. Yeah. And this film largely just didn't get it. Yeah. There was an occasional well. song. I'm like, okay, it's a bit of a bop, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the the orc army songs. We were like, yeah. oh yeah, this, this is all right. This is okay, but it was very repetitive as well. Yeah. It was, yeah. But yeah, it was a shame. Um, I I would be curious to see like scenes from this film with the Howard Shaw score over the top, just to see what it would change. Yeah. Because I mean, Boromir's death. We didn't touch on this earlier. Really violent and vicious. Yeah. Like he gets shot to pieces, mm-hmm. and it's it's. And he still survives long enough to deliver a monologue. Yeah, but watching it, I was like. Oh, this is very bloody and very mm, violent, mm. and I'm, yeah, I'm, I, 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 but I was sitting there going, I feel like I should be affected by this more, and I don't think the film's doing enough to. Yeah, the music was to wrong. bring me in. Yeah, was there any music at that point? I don't remember. That's just it. I don't remember either. Yeah. I, I was mostly just going, oh my god, seven, eight, nine, just counting the arrows as they <laughs> yeah, went yeah. into Pure it. Pure Legolas and Gimli. Yeah, yeah. Um, director John Borman originally envisioned making an entire trilogy. Uh, as a single one hour and 40 minute film. So they were going to try to do all three films in a hundred minutes. Um, this Ralph Bakshi heard that this was going to happen. And as a fan of the Lord of the Rings and Tolkien was horrified. So when Borman's plans to bring the Tolkien novels to the screen fell apart, uh, Bakshi approached Tolkien's daughter to do the novels as a trilogy of animated movies. Tolkien's daughter had loved Bakshi's previous fantasy film Wizards from 1977, so she gave him the rights to the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Bakshi filmed Fellowship and Two Towers, which were collapsed into a single um, two-hour movie, and had planned to film The Return of the King, but the trilogy was never completed in this, the way it was designed to. Um, many Tolkien fans were disappointed that this movie only covered the first two books and by how some of the major character and events were cut. When producer Sol Zanitz told director Ralph Bakshi that he would not allow him to have a sequel for this, Rankin and Bass made an animated adaptation of The Return of the King. After that was released, many of those disappointed fans changed their minds, stating that Bakshi's movie was a more mature and detailed adaptation of Tolkien's stories. I said, oh, it must be pretty bad. Yeah. Let's watch that next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's hold off for a little bit. We've still got two Hobbit films to get there. (laughs) We'll we'll treat ourselves to the second Hobbit film. Okay, one a year. And then we'll do Return of the King, the animated one. And then we'll finish with The Battle of the Five Armies. Such a great film. Ooh, maybe maybe let's not do that, actually. They're not great. (laughs) I'm just thinking now, just going, ooh. At least they've got good visuals. they they, They do, they do. Um. Christopher Gard, who played Frodo Baggins in this film, uh, was the brother of Dominic Gard, who played Pippin. So, yeah, the voice actors were brothers. Cool. There you go. Just, brothers uh, and cousins. Yep. Yeah, just just a fun thing. Uh, according to Ralph Bakshi, the filming of the Battle of Helm's Deep involved over 3,000 people in costume with prop swords and eight cameras. So, all of those swarming masses, that was... Actual people. Oh, okay. And Actual. still only two of them could, you know, brandish their spears yeah. at a time. <laughs> It was more for when they were, like, swarming the walls, that that kind of stuff. Um, It took an entire morning to set up for filming the battle, and just as Bakshi was ready to begin, one of the lead extras shouted, Lunch! And everyone dropped their prop swords and left. Bakshi admitted to becoming so furious that he, quote, lost his mind, end quote. Which presumably explains the editing for this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yes, um, I somehow think that wouldn't have 
flown on Peter Jackson's set. No, I don't think that would have happened at all. Yeah. Like, when you think of the month of night shoots for Helm's Deep Mm. and, like, how dedicated they were, even with the rain and the being so tired and, like, exhausted and hungry. Like, you know. Yeah. They had some good production managers, like, getting shit done. The final bit of trivia here is about John Hurt, who voiced Aragon in this film. Did not hurt his toe. Did not hurt his toe. Although Aragon did trip over it that one that's bit true, when did. they were running through uh, to get to Marion Pippin. So I'm presuming that's where he broke his toe. Yeah. Um, he would later go on to play Mr. Ollivander in the Harry Potter film series, which apparently makes him the only actor to have starred in both the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter franchises. Huh. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised to hear hang that. Hang on. Were I, I, any of them in Rings of Power? Well, that's just it. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I've been, I've been recommending since I read that. I've been going. Is there any crossover? And I'm not sure that there is currently. I'm presuming this trivia was written before Rings of Power because yeah, some of this trivia can be pretty well, old. Yeah. But yeah, I don't believe there has been any other crossover. I can't think of any. That is quite surprising, actually. Well, I guess now I think about it. I guess because I mean there was a lot of Australian. Australian, actors, New Zealand Australian, New Zealand actors in it, and hmm. there were quite a few American actors in it as well, weren't there? Yeah, but there are still quite a few British actors. Yeah, yeah okay. you know, John Reese davis is um, English. Uh, oh, yeah. Wasn't Nick Helen approached to be Dumbledore after Richard Harris died? Yeah, and I think he was sick of playing wizards. Yeah, that's yeah. it. He was like, no, I don't want that to do that. That would have definitely muddied the waters, <laughs> yeah. I think, on that point. Although I would have believed him shouting, Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Frodo Baggins? Oh, calmly. Yeah. <laughs> Very calmly. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, apparently that that is the only crossover. Oh, love a pot off now. So, with all that being said, it's time to score the film. Patrick, yeah, you get to go first because this was your first time watching. Oh, lucky me! Yeah, um, Lord of the Rings, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. What score would you give it out of ten? I think I would have to give this maybe. Oh God. Um, oh. How harsh do I want to be? <laughs> I mean, I think I'll maybe give this three wavy spears uh, out of ten. This isn't very good. And no. with all the, everything we've discussed around it being, you know, taking into account all the conditions of the time and everything, yes, mm. I take into account. But just as a movie, as an entertainment, this is not very good. Mm. Sarah, what about you? I don't think I've said anything nice about this film yet. <laughs> And I don't think I'm going to, <laughs> uh, which is why I'm going to give it two magic balls out of ten. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's <laughs> like th- there's ambition, there's an attempt, but it really, really falls flat. It yeah. really does. I, I and I think because of the subsequent adaptations, it's 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 not unwatchable. Like we we did manage it. But there was a lot of watch checking in the second half for me, from uh, definitely, because I was just like, "When did we start?" Because look, yeah. I've got a show to get to. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, sitting here like, yeah. Oh. "Oh yeah, look, I, I was sitting there going." It's one of the few times I've done this program and going, "We we actually do have better things to be doing than watching this." Like, it was not good, and I'm. I think maybe this is a one that you would watch from a film historian perspective. If you're looking at the history of animation and you want an acceptable Ralph Bakshi film to watch in terms of not a load of smutty adult content, maybe this is the one that you look at um, and then to look at how it was put together. But it's a bad film. It it really is. is. Look, 
anyone out there who voted for this hoping we were going <laughs> to have a good time, go uncover a forgotten gem. <laughs> Look, man, maybe you need to reassess something. Yeah. Like this is... Look, I voted for this out of spite. I'm going <laughs> to admit to that in, in the hopes that I'd be on it yeah. to, you know, talk about it. Like the prophecy this. is fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give it two uh, orcs shot in the butt. <laughs> he got him right in the butt. That was a yeah. good bit. That's, <laughs> that's why I gave it three, not two. <laughs> yeah. All the butt shots, yeah. particularly yeah. tree beards, but yeah, that tree beard having a butt was was Weird. odd. And where were their pants? Mm. Yeah, Gondor has, has no need for pants, pants yeah. as he, he said. Yeah, it was a lot of yeah, it was a lot of mini skirt Aragon, which yeah. I was like, look, Norman. maybe this would have worked with Viggo Mortensen, but it's not working. I'd watch right that. Now. Yeah, I'd definitely watch that. <laughs> yes. Well, that brings us to the end of this review of The Lord of the Rings. Patrick and Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, sir. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. This movie was selected by you, the audience. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Damn it, self. Yes. Uh, How did they pick? Well, uh, the public got to vote on our Facebook page uh, where movie polls go up every month. We also put news and updates there. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. This movie was nominated, along with other animated films, for that poll by our patrons. Go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast to contribute more, get bonus content. Um, Somewhere down the line, you will hear our conversations about season three of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Probably... So great. Yeah, probably around the time I presume season four will come out based on our release schedule, but it will be there. Uh, And you can join for as little as a dollar a month. And finally subscribe itunes soundcloud spotify however you listen to your podcast just hit the subscribe button and you'll get a new episode each and every week but that is all for this week so until next time goodbye Gandalf! <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>